1: Bye. Bye. Well, hello, and welcome back to Brave New Teaching, and welcome back, if you are here in real time, to the back-to-school season. Welcome back, Amanda. Hi.
0: Hey, everyone. Welcome. I'm so happy you're here, and I'm guessing if you're listening, you are ready for this. We talked a lot this summer about doing things at your own pace and kind of getting PD, school stuff, like as you like it, if you don't like it, like kind of being at your own space. So I'm happy that you're here and that you're ready because we're ready for you too. Absolutely,
1: and if you're not ready, but you're like, oh, I don't really have a choice. I need to be ready. You are also <laughs> in the ride. <laughs> like I feel like that's obviously we are we are recording this a little bit earlier than exactly back to school season, and I am looking ahead, going, am I going to be ready? I don't, I don't know, but uh, I'm not going to have a choice, am I? Because school's going to start August 17th, whether I like it or not, whether I'm ready or not, I'm always ready to see kids. I'm just never quite ready to like do the teaching,
0: you know? Yeah. And be back in the schedule and be back in the necessity of being on top of things. Right. And it's like, it feels
1: some years I'm all in and I'm like, yes, I need this schedule. I need it right now. I am craving the structure. And then some years, which I think this one is one of them, I'm like, meh, (laughs) like, Or I could get up when I get up and do what I'm gonna do and (laughs) drink hot coffee and then like throw my kids in the pool at my mom's house at some point. You know, like it's just been very fluid, which is absolutely something that we need during breaks. If you missed uh, our episode earlier in the summer about breaks, yes, we were talking about summer break, but like it's all breaks, right? It's even long weekends. It's just ways to like intentionally recharge. And that is what I have been doing all summer long. So I just kind of see this as a bit of a um, shock to my system. But it's also a really exciting time. Back to school is so exciting. And like there's something about, teachers, especially that we get like silly excited every year, like every, every year it, it, I get the bug every
0: single time. I, I don't know if it's part of our DNA. Cause I remember like for years of my childhood also having it then, I mean, back to school stuff would go up at, you know, whatever store. And I was begging my mom to go back to school shopping in July. And she was like, Amanda, no, like, <laughs> I mean, she'd have to rein me back. And I think a lot of us still feel that same. I don't know. I think it's just this beautiful part of this career that we get the chance to start over. I mean, all the time, not just at back to school. I mean, we have the luxury of quarters, semesters, holiday breaks. Like It's a really, of all the unhealthy things that come with teaching, I think it was always the thing that really helped me was I could take a deep breath and I could reset even over a weekend. If things were not going well, we could reset. And I think that the back to school is when I always had the most oomph and gusto to start fresh and do new things. But you know, we're going to talk about this in this episode, the idealization of August for me, a lot of times got out of hand. (laughs)
1: Well, you and me both, my friend, and that is why we get along so well. Yes. So friends, we are here today to talk about something that actually one of my dear friends at school <laughs> coined, except I think she calls it August dreams, November realities, where like you're like going, and going, and going, and all of a sudden November hits and you're like, holy mackerel. But we're going to talk today about August dreams, September realities, because that reality hits you faster sometimes when some of your dreams are a little loftier than others. And that's what we are going to get into in just a couple of minutes. But first, Amanda, do you want to say it? Do you want me to say it? I mean, I can't, I feel like it's just against nature
0: for me to say it.
1: Ah, Maybe you're right. Cue the music.
0: You're listening to Brave New Teaching, and we are so much more than a podcast. We give teachers the
1: inspiration, support, and tools to challenge the status quo. I'm Amanda, and I'm a former English
0: teacher from Illinois. And I'm Marie, and I'm a teacher from Southern California. Join us at bravenewteaching.com to find out more about our courses, festivals, and get every episode's show notes. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show.
1: All right, my friends, let's dream a little, dream a little dream, will you? Yes. Dream a little dream with me? Okay. So, let's dream. It is, for me, school starts, I think I said in the intro, like August 17th. It's always middle of August, like the third week, and I start getting dreamy, I'd say late July, Mm -hmm. very, very beginning of August, and my dreams include things like decor in my classroom because that always makes me feel refreshed like I'm the girl who if you give me a little bit too much time alone in my house I will move the couch and the beds and like swap rooms around and do all of that that is something that for me makes me energized and even just like changing stuff out on the wall um moving furniture around yes beyond decor moving things around sometimes can make me feel very refreshed my students always joke like about halfway through our time together they'll come in and they're like expecting it now Yeah, they know it's what they're going to be rearranged. Yeah. Uh huh. At like sometime, like right after Thanksgiving, or like something like that, I will have rearranged the room. Um,
0: what else do I? dream? What do you dream of in August? Oh my gosh, I, I, I probably you know if you talk about early career, Amanda, it was definitely things like efficiency. I know I was very, and I guess I'm still that way too. Like, how can I make this part of my room better? How can I make this? procedure better. And all of that was usually tied to the physical space. So like you said, rearranging and sure. reorganizing. And then and then it was also decor. It was also the theme, what's going to be fresh or new this year? What's the exciting way that things are kids are going to be dazzled when they walk in the sure. room. There was a season of I was pinning interactive bulletin boards and door decks for a long time. And then I, I realized how long deck to make just like, like your, your classroom door, like door decoration. Oh, decoration. Like, I heard deck, like
1: slide. I wrote, deck. that's
0: what I said. They're called door decks. It's, duh. Oh yeah. Hello. This is like a thing. News to
1: door me. <laughs> um, look at you. You're yes. so profesh with the. Oh, with my abbreviations. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. They're called a now.
0: Well, then um, it was supplies. It was supplies too. Like well, let's yes. let's be honest. It was I was I was hoarding supplies, rearranging supplies, I was I mean, shopping. Shopping.
1: Shopping. So I always get these ongoing project or like system kind of dreams like one year, well, when I was teaching Lord of the Flies a lot, I got a whole survivor thing going, right, where it was like ongoing, like we're talking through the entire quarter or through the whole semester. It was that long ago. I'm still teaching semesters um, or like an ongoing um, kind of team building reading olympics or like all of these they sound so fun right and those are the big dreams that i get they're these big huge dream big project like uh genius hour things like that kind of stuff are where my dreams lie and i will talk about going down the rabbit hole like i (laughs) dive head first into those dreams
0: and then the reality hits Right. I feel like a lot of my dreams, it's so funny you said that because a lot of my dreams now that I'm like reflecting were based off of the nightmares of the previous year. So like my first four or five years of teaching were classroom management disasters. I swear in my undergrad, I learned so much about stuff that I never used, (laughs) like stuff that like, you know, I learned it and it was fine, but classroom management was so Hard for me for a long time, and I feel like a lot of my dreams were: this is the system that's going to fix it all, and (laughs) I'm going to buy these bins, and there will be no more problems with no names or late work. Or I I think that's why I was so procedure oriented is because I thought that like a new procedure would fix all of my classroom management problems and that I would be able to fix them all in August and that I would never have to address classroom management again. (laughs) Think about (laughs) the psychology
1: though that we're fed from everything to, well, like if you just look at like teacher Pinterest and teacher social media, heck yeah, color code those books and they'll never get out of order again. They will automatically grow legs and move themselves to the correct order and they will sign themselves in and out. Like it is the most amazing thing that happens when you color code a book. (laughs) like. <laughs> we're fed that in our lives anyways. Like you all of a sudden eat this way and your knees will never hurt again. You know what I mean? Like it's yes. like quick so fixes. Up. Yes. Quick fixes instead of setting yourself up for like ongoing maintenance. That is something that is very much, I don't know if it's just the American way or if it's part of just our generation or like what it is, but that's
0: something I've gotten my whole life. And that's exactly what I meant kind of in the intro with this, with the problem with August. As wonderful it is to start over, I think that the dangerous part is the thought that you have to start all over, or that when you start over, you shall repair all things and never have to visit it again. And that was very hard. No one was... I wasn't listening to podcasts or no one was teaching me about this stuff. And I don't know. I don't see anyone writing about this either. This is one little tiny episode in the universe, but this is the real like reality check for me. I think that it is, potentially
1: not like scary, but there's a fine line. And I mean, I talk about an old episode also when we were talking about teacher TikTok and quit talk and that negative soup that you can get into it's soup now, but like it's a spiral of negativity. And so I think when people start talking about the beginning of the year, you don't want to get into the drudgery of like, and that's absolutely not what we're talking about. And I think obviously anybody that's made it this far into the episode is not hearing that. But that's probably why there's not a whole lot of it out there. Like it's because we are wary of beginning a year in negativity and therefore everything's great and shiny and ponies and rainbows and totally it can be. But also like be realistic because those September realities are going to bite you in your butt.
0: I think that's exactly where we're at. And that's, that's, I think how you and I are all the time is we are all about getting stupidly excited about things. And (laughs) I love, I love that, but also being realistic in terms of how you're going to be able to maintain your own happiness, your own enthusiasm, your own, just your own building, right? These relationships with students, building your classroom over time especially if you're a young teacher, this is something that maybe you're still learning and we wanna just encourage you like, it's okay, it's okay.
1: Well, we talk all the time offline too about not wanting to be that seasoned teacher who goes, okay, sweetie, let me know how that goes. But we've been around the block and we know that something that's sustainable is going to take a different approach than something that is, well, bam, right out of the gate and then it's gonna fizzle out. Really, really quickly, because we've done the fizzle so many times. But we also don't want to be like like it could work for somebody else. Something that takes totally. tons of high energy could be the thing that anchors them in their year and is like the thing that the whole year centers around. That's just not been our experience in a lot of the things that we have already described. Like genius hour did not work for me,
0: and that's fine. But going into it with an experimental attitude sure. and recognizing that what you learn from it is still valuable and that the kids will be fine. Please excuse this brief interruption, brave new teachers.
1: We want to tell you about a free email kind of challenge series that we have for you. And it is called the unit makeover.
0: This is something that we started way back in the day because we saw how powerful it was for helping teachers get their vision boards made. So from vision boarding to essential questions to supplemental texts and building assessments, we have a free 10 day, two week email series that you can sign up for right now. Absolutely, head to
1: the show notes or just anywhere at BraveNewTeaching.com and get yourself signed up for our Unit Makeover Challenge. If you're anything like us, you are go 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 all the time, especially when it is a busy season and you are in the classroom and you are going and teaching and doing all the things. And of course, that's also when you have all the brilliant ideas on all the ways that you want to fix up or revamp or update one of your units that you have that you are currently working on that you just did, right? You've got all those post-its going in your uh, paper calendar. You've got all the notes and comments on the side of your digital calendar. This is an opportunity during your busy season to take all of those notes and implement them right here, right now at your own pace. It's
0: very, very doable and it is absolutely free. We will hold your hand through every step of the process. So as the emails come, you can do the tasks or... Print the PDF, throw it in a binder, and do it as you're ready. We are just here to be by your side to help put into place all of these dreams that you've got scattered all over your classroom. So head to the show notes right now, jump in, drop your email, and we'll send over that first email right away. Absolutely. We cannot wait to see the way that your unit makeovers
1: go. So make sure that you post on social media and tag us at Brave New Teaching.
0: And uh, let's get back into the show, shall we? Let's we go. go. I think, you know, really what Marie and I want to do for the duration of this episode is go through with everyone, veterans and newbies alike. We're going to kind of do a checklist with you of the things that might balance out the ways in which you direct your energy in August. Cause like bring it all, bring all the energy, all, all the fun, yes. all the enthusiasm. Like do not let that fire go out. Uh, but we want to kind of go through a checklist of things that need to be at the top before you lose your mind (laughs) and before things get hard. The things that are going to
1: bite the hardest when the realities really do like meet ground and the things that will also set you up really, really well for just a smoother fall or, or whatever it is, like whenever it is that you're starting. Truly, we are talking about starting back in the fall, August dreams, and then those September realities or whatever that means for you whenever you start. I know some people start in July, which sounds cruel. I'm sorry, but maybe you're out in May. Are you out in May? If you start in July, you're out in May anyways. And you start in August,
0: right? We start like August 8th or 10th usually, but we're out before Memorial Day. Yeah. How, how is that 180 days? Okay. That's a
1: podcast for another day. It just is. I don't, I don't, the math does not work for me on this
0: one. We don't have, we don't have a ski week, Marie.
1: Okay. Okay. Maybe you're right.
0: Some Some of us don't take a ski week in February. Oh,
1: (laughs) well, there it is. But anyway, (laughs) look at us doing math. Okay. So one of the things that I, and so my list of like must do's that go along with my dream projects for back to school, I have a few things that I wrote down and one of them is a little bit dreamy, but it also just sets the tone really, really well. But like the first thing that I have found every single year that if I don't have this established or reestablished, it always bites me in the butt about. Three weeks into school is a turn-in and pass-back process that is really well articulated. That is something that I train myself in and train students in to keep me accountable. Because I will say, "Oh, whatever, just put it on my desk." Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, and I'll put like a pile of graded papers on the floor. Cut to a few weeks later, kids are like, "Hey, do you have that one quiz? Because I want to use it on my summative." And I'm like. I have no idea where I put those graded. They like shoot every time, every 15 years in, it still happens. And so I know that the years that I've been the most successful with like the overturn of paper, whether that's digital or like hard copy or both, because I'm now finding myself doing a mix of both is really well articulated and train the kids to keep me accountable for turn in and for pass back so that they're expecting things on certain days and they're asking me where they are because half the time
0: it's not that I haven't graded it it's just that I forget to turn it back give it back to them like I just don't do it your item goes perfectly with one of mine and I think that you know all of these things are for you to put on your radar for intentionally planning experiences where students can actually do these things. So if you want kids to practice the turn in and pass back procedure, we have to give them assignments. So as tempting as it is to do like 70 icebreakers the first week of school, maybe one of those requires students to do something and turn it in. For me, like right alongside of that would be Assessments. I think assessments need to be given right away. They don't need to be ridiculous or hard or, you know, on something that kids don't understand. But for me, like the writing rubric that I use, I want students to be uber familiar with the language, how the rubric works, and also how revision works and how grading policies work. And I have made the mistake of waiting to give an assignment until September, and everything else has just kind of been, you know, hand it in and hand it back and no big deal.
1: Or it's just been kind of, it's been informal. It's been anecdotal. It's been you doing a lot of
0: observing. Yeah, totally. And so it's it's really helps me to give an assignment, no matter how big or small, that's not signing the syllabus because that's not student skill work. Um, but giving a real type of assessment, Marie and I talk a lot about formative assessment, we have this awesome masterclass, if you have not caught it yet. It's called down with the reading quiz. And we have it's free. So you can go watch it right now. And we have lots of ideas for you that you could definitely use in those first two weeks of school that will help you one practice the turn in situation, uh-huh. the back situation, but also give you a chance to Grade something for students to start getting familiarized with your rubric language, um, whatever that is. I don't know. I've waited on that one and I kind of regret it.
1: Well, and, and it also sets a tone of we are going to develop relationships in this class. We are going to have fun in this class. You're going to learn in this class and this, you're, there's going to be rigor and that rigor comes with assessment and that's that's it. That's it. That's it.
0: That's it. So I think those two go together because they're both about the procedure, but also about the rigor for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it helps students get, like you were saying, used to your like rubric language or whatever that means. And also half of the struggle, and this is what we talk about in part of the masterclass, half of the struggle with like formative assessments, especially is students learning the system of the assessment itself and and learning this like, so yes, if you haven't already seen, or if you have already seen, you can totally watch it again down with the reading quiz. I'm so glad you said that. I didn't even think about it. Like that is a great way to get started. And that's totally something I do on like day two. We do a Sesame Street quiz. So take a look at our show notes on this one for down with the reading quiz and for a couple episodes where we've talked about specifically Sesame Street quizzes, which is one of the biggest parts of our masterclass. Okay. Another thing that I, it's not the most sparkly and shiny, but it does go back to our collaboration series where we were talking about collaborating with the community at large, have a plan for parent slash guardian communication. Have more than a plan. Have templates written out for parent slash guardian communication en masse, like, Have your back to school email written, welcome email written. Here's what to expect. Here's the syllabus, like whatever it is that you need to go out to parents and guardians specifically, have that pre-written, have each of your benchmarks for grades that you like, I like to, especially when I teach seniors, which I will have all in the fall. I like to have safeguards in place for them and for myself, like an email that goes out right before progress notices are coming through. An email that goes out before the end of the like grading period for final grades that, that says, here's what's happening, and here's what kids have, you know, here's when they can turn in work and blah, 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 blah. Pre write them now because that will take you what 40 minutes maybe? to pre-write four or five emails and have them, and then you'll have them forever and you can swap out dates and do that kind of stuff, like have it all templated. Maybe even have like, what are your most three most commonly asked questions by parents and guardians? Have some pre-written responses that you can copy and paste. It will help you stop procrastinating because we all do it. (laughs) when it, if you don't, then good, good job when it comes to answering, because I always want to be thoughtful and I want to make sure that I'm paying attention to answering the question. If I have something that's pre-written and then I can just personalize it, it takes some of that pressure off of my brain and I can just send it back to, you know, mom or aunt or whoever is that is like emailing me about little Susie and her
0: grades. This is again, like, pairs beautifully with the other thing that I was going to add to this checklist, which by the way, if you would like a copy of this checklist, we will throw one in our show notes, you can just download it for free. um, And you can have this to print and throw in your planner. I would say like right along with the parents is figuring out your system. So if you already have one from last year, that works great, you're fine. Um, But if this is something you struggled with, then this is definitely a priority. And that is figuring out your organization system for communicating with students that have IEPs and 504s. And so that triangle, um, you, your co-teacher, the parent, um, you, the case manager, the guardian, whatever that group looks like, I feel like there have been years, and mostly due to like just not having figured it out yet, that I would all of a sudden get an email from a case manager about a student and a particular goal. And I was like, Oh uh, yeah. I read those goals at the beginning of school, but we've been doing get to know you stuff so I haven't really revisited it and like uh, you know and they're looking for information or a parent's you know concerned about something and I'm like, which kid is that again? Wow, <laughs> you know, like, well, be honest like it's a little confusing at the beginning of the year figuring out Who's who? Who has what goals? Who has what needs? Who yeah. needs to sit where? Um, who needs what special different accommodations? Whether those are physical or academic or both, I don't have the recommendation for the for the perfect system. Like I know what worked for me, which was leaning on my co teacher because she was so good at that. Like she would set up spreadsheets and she was like she kept me in check. Um, so either that's like recruiting your co teacher or just doing some research, but a system that's going to make sense for you to kind of check back in and like get to know those kids quickly is really important. And and I just, that's just coming from 13 years of I've always co-taught with uh, special ed teachers. So that was always something that I needed to improve every year.
1: So, and I would even add into that, like uh, EL, uh, language learners, Um, Mm -hmm. because state of California, we have got complete immersion into gen ed. There's no more, well, I think at a certain level, I'm supposed to know this completely, but it's summer while we're recording. So my brain isn't all the way here. Um, But like, I I have found that creating a system where like, weekly, I check in on everybody's different sorts of learning goals and every different like accommodation that I am making and and making sure like, okay, and then looking at the week ahead, what is so-and-so and and -and so-and-so going to need? What kind of copies am I going to need to make that are different? I mean, I've talked about this before. You've talked about this before. Generally speaking, when you're making accommodations, what's good for one is going to be good for just about all. So just like put that in your pocket. But if there's something really specific to a really specific learning need or learning goal, getting into a habit of checking in on that stuff weekly, whether it's a spreadsheet, whether it's just printing everybody's like, you know, like little sheet or something like that so that you have it present of mind because the exact same thing happens to me. I just have so many stinking kids. And even if they don't have formalized like IEP learning goals, they still have their own needs. (laughs) And so like getting to know them is hard right at the beginning when you've got a couple hundred kids, all of a sudden whose names you need to learn and all of that. So like, systematize it. Is that a word? Systematize it. Yeah. And like make it a little bit easier on yourself and it's okay. You don't have to be embarrassed if you don't remember everybody's learning goals from the second week.
0: No, you don't, but it's very, very helpful to have it on the forefront of your mind when you're distracted by the shiny objects at Target to remember like, okay, one of the things that I need here is a really gorgeous binder where I'm going to put everything I'm printing for my EL kids and my IEP kids. And and my like emergency
1: med needs, like who's allergic to bees and peanuts? I'd like to know that, you know, (laughs) like put it all in one place so I'm not searching for it and I can review it until I know it.
0: And know yourself because some of you really do prefer to have that digitally somewhere. For me, it was housed like in our grading software. And I was like, Oh, it's there if I need it. Like, mm, mm, mm. and I forgot how to find it every time I was yeah. like, Wait. I always forgot how to find it. Then I had yes. to look for the email that told you how to find the thing that I had to find the thing. And I was like, Amanda, like, Maybe spend less time with a bulletin board and more time printing and organizing this stuff, at least from the get-go. And that's, I guess, I just want to just have one quick little reminder, because Marie and I have said it in another back-to-school episode. You don't have to have your entire room set before kids get there. No. You can add to, modify, and change your physical classroom all year long. So take that pressure off your shoulders to have, like, gorgeous reveal ultimate classroom makeover on the first day of school doesn't need to happen. It needs to be functional and then you can keep going as the year progresses too.
1: Well, so that actually leads into my last little like, yes. I know at us we, I did, and we like didn't actually plan out how this no. was going to go completely. We just have done it. So while Amanda's saying no, your, your, your classroom does not have to be totally perfect. And I myself am very guilty of wanting everything in its place. Because, and, and practically, it's because I know once I get going with students, there's a lot of stuff I'm never going to get back to. So then let's lean into that and know that it must not be that important. <laughs> I'm not going to get back to it. It's not that important. So what is the most important stuff? Setting up an environment that I want students to experience when they come into my classroom. And so whether that means the physical furniture layout, like experimenting and trying something with that, whether that means a certain amount of decor or like some sort of like color, something that's around that's like the environment that I want them to feel, for me, it's not even all of that as much as it is a playlist of music or like go-tos for work time music. I have found that that is the game changer. When I'm not playing music, students look at me like, what's off here? Like what's, hmm, I I can't put my finger on it, but something's off. And I go, oh, I forgot to turn on Spotify. (laughs) And they go, oh yeah. So like, find that music for reading playlist or whatever it is. For me, that's a piece of building the environment because that is the first thing that students are greeted or yeah, greeted with when they come into Mm -hmm. my room, me at the door, something up on the screen. So that's the other thing that I like to look at is just kind of like what's a really simple, easy to read template for what are my slides going to be and what is the music that's going to be playing? Those are like my two environment pieces. And the other stuff is gravy. But like those are the must do's before I can get into
0: those bigger dreams. And you didn't say it, but I know I'm reading your mind right now, but I think also like the arrangement and organization of your desks and tables. Oh, yes. Yes. And that's what I, I mean. That's what I, I mean know by you I spend a long time on that. Yeah. 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 Okay, okay. That's, I mean, that was always for me too, is kind of not obsessing, but like really thinking about flow of the room. And yeah. it was always really important to me to have kids not sitting in rows and sitting in some kind of Group um, that I've been in a lot of different situations in terms of tables and individual desks and classroom shapes and sizes, and that was always the puzzle that I was trying to solve. And it's always I always spent too much time on it because it was always different when actual human bodies were in the room than right. in my layout. So uh, I always think about it, but I also try to like kind of give myself a break because I knew I'd have to adjust once you know fully grown teenagers were sitting in those. Arrangements that I concocted, right? And no the, one can get through the row that I made.
1: Their big <laughs> knees like, won't fit. I know because <laughs> they're like six two, and they're like I did not account for that.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah, so that's really important. I, I'm with you 100 uh, percent on that. And I think I just have two more quick things that you can preempt. They actually kind of go together. They're they're sort of systems, but they're also just kind of the realities of teaching right now. One is that you're going to get new students in September.
1: Mm-hmm. Or, you're going
0: to. January, right? Yeah. And so I think all of that points to remembering that of all the chaos that this whole season brings, take time to have your system, whether that's on Canvas or Google Classroom, or I remember the days where this was a manila folder or a cubby or a mailbox. But as you're kind of going through all the things, putting to the side extras for the inevitable fluctuation of your roster. I know, it. yeah, for us, this the roster was pretty fluid for about two or three weeks, um, especially when I was teaching 11th and 12th grade. Our 12th grade classes were electives, kind of, like, you know, students could kind of choose which English they wanted. And, yeah. you know, every now and again, a couple kids would get into it the, and be like, I don't want to do this. And the counseling department would let them switch. Even they weren't—they really weren't supposed to switch. But anyway, things happen. At the junior level, a lot of kids might drop out of AP and down into gen ed and vice versa. Um, so definitely, as you're going through the things, keeping track of a way to hand or deliver electronically the what you think is important to make up, what those kids can just peruse and move on with their lives, uh, be ready for that. And then the other thing you want to be ready for welcome to the teaching in the 2020s is something we talked about back last year in October in our banned book series. Uh, Be ready for people to contest books on your list or books in your library. Just content in general. If you're not an ELA teacher. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Be have a plan for your content that just uh, with your ethos and your why. And yeah,
0: that is the reality. And and is that a form letter that you've drafted with your department? You know, maybe this is something that you don't take on, but you tell your department chair say, hey, this is an issue I'm noticing across the, you know, my, my Brave New Teaching podcast has made me aware of it, or I'm in this Facebook group and people are talking about it a lot. I'm a little worried that there might be a problem with X, Y, and Z. Can we as a department, as a united front, have a response? So it's not on you alone every time to confront that parent, or even it's just a procedure, like there's a confrontation, or there's a a contention, you forward that email to your department chair, or you forward a canned response. Um, I don't know what that looks like for you. But it's definitely something that's easier to handle when you're breathing. And maybe before kids come, than when you're stifled and crazy with everything. Once you're really doing content in September. Also, what are you going to do when you start starting content that day? And the parents like, I don't want my kid to read this book. Okay. Well, (laughs) Well, yeah.
1: it's as frustrating as it might be. Yeah. We have the obligation to like address that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You can't avoid it. So having a plan will make that situation a little bit less terrible. Sure. So that's my, yeah, for both new students and things like that, you know, contentious curriculum, figure out where that's going to be addressed in and amongst the fun, shiny objects of August.
1: Yes. Friends, we have given you quite the checklist. And like Amanda said, make sure you head to the show notes to see them all laid out because we went into detail as to kind of like why and how these are the things that the realities come and bite us for. And we know that they're not always the most exciting things, the must do's, but they really will set you up for success. And if those are all taken care of, then you can get into the big shiny objects and the stuff that like really lights you up. And and whether you finish it or not, that's fine. Take care of this stuff first. Take Our advice. If you have anything actually to add to that list, will you send it our way? Come and check us out on Instagram. We're just at Brave New Teaching and let us know what you think. Is there something that we missed or is there something that really resonated with you? Because we would love to share that with the rest of our community. And I think this has been a lovely, lovely beginning to the back to school season this will help me get a little bit more grounded as well, reminding myself of the things that I need to take care of to be like responsible and not pulling my own hair out by Labor Day.
0: It's the truth. And if this is something that really helped you or you're finding these episodes consistently supporting you, we would love your review on Apple iTunes. That would be just... I'll just make my day. I okay, love myself.
1: And always, we like to say, like, we want to be the ones that will start conversations for you with your colleagues and with the rest of your department. And if you are finding yourself getting into like PD and stuff that you're like, why are we doing this right now? Maybe just like nudge this episode towards somebody and be like, hey, can we like look at our priorities a little bit here? Uh, if that helps. And then ask them to stop
0: listening before I
1: started this explanation. <laughs>
0: Well, and and so and with that, I think we want to I want to leave you all with this kind of anticipation for what's coming next. Marie and I are moving into a really important classroom management series. And we know and we talked about this for a long time that of all the things that this current season will need is a refresher on all of the balance required to classroom manage so we yep. are going to get into that in the several episodes marie and i some interviews and we're really looking forward to the series that's coming up absolutely
1: and so friends until we meet again thank you so much for joining us and we will see you next time Bye. Bye.
0: thanks again for listening to brave new teaching we'd love to keep
1: the conversation going over on instagram And while you're there, check out the links in our bio for the most up-to-date events going on in the Brave New Teaching community. Thanks for being here and have a great week at school.